Let me ask you a question before we start tonight. Ren, I want you to answer me on this one. We'll get to preaching in a minute here. But what would a perfect heart look like? A perfect heart. A spiritually perfect heart. What would it look like? How would you describe a spiritually perfect heart? Well, talk to me. Tell me. Ah, you weren't expecting to be asked a question, were you? You couldn't just coast right, right through, right? What would a perfect heart look like? I mean, we draw a picture. <laughs> All right. Well, Derek, I want to ask the obvious question. Do you have a rosy heart? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, anybody else? A perfect heart. Florence. Pen? A clean heart. Okay. A clean heart would be, yeah. That would... What else? Hugh Daly. Full of humility and kindness. Okay. And obedience. A heart that seeks after God. Mm, now we're getting close to the close to the uh, what we're looking for here. Right? Anybody else? Isn't it interesting that we use words very often? And I mean, I suppose as a preacher, my business is words in a sense. But we use words, and we can fail to actually define them. We can fail to define in our minds to work out in our minds what it actually means. So, how are you going to have a perfect heart if you don't know what a perfect heart is? I'm tough, isn't it? We're going to find out what a perfect heart is tonight, right? We are looking at <clears throat> First Kings, sorry, uh, Second Chronicles, uh, chapter sixteen. Second Chronicles, chapter sixteen. Now, <clears throat> we had started looking at Asa last week, right? And we saw this about Asa's life. He was a good king, right? You remember that he was a good king. How many? Not going to ask. There were eight good kings. There were twenty good kings in uh, in Judah. Eight of them were godly. Five of them were revival kings. Israel had nineteen kings, but no good king. So Israel went out of business, went into captivity uh, a whole lot sooner uh, than Judah did, right? <clears throat> but uh, Asa took the throne. He had a bad background. Dad wasn't up for much. But when Asa took the throne, uh, he actually was a good king. He followed and sought after the Lord. And he had a test. He went up against an army of the Lubans and the, and the Ethiopians that was twice his size plus 300 chariots. There was a no way he could win. But he cried out to the Lord, and he asked the Lord for help, and the Lord smote them and destroyed the army before him. And so he won, hands down. And then God came along, and God confirmed him and said, Listen, as long as you follow after God, then the the Lord will be with you. And he had that promise. And then he has 20 years of peace in his land. Now, you think about that in the um, Old Testament times. Peace for 20 years, that's kind of incredible. Because there's always somebody fighting and fussing. There's always somebody causing trouble. But there's peace for 20 years. And you would imagine now, this man has had such a great experience of God. He's walked with God now for 35, 36 years of his, of his kingship. He, he reigns for 41 years. And you would imagine he's sitting on top of it all. He's in great shape and he's going to do greatly. But he's not. He's going to bomb. He is, going to, he is going to nosedive on the next step. Now, we'll see how he does it, and we'll see what happens. But, but here's, here's the thing that always kind of strikes me. You know what? It's not how you start the count. It's how you finish the count. He is the man God used to bring one of the, uh, one of the greatest movements in terms of turning Israel around 
And yet, at the end of his life, he bombs completely. Now, I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us what in that 20 years uh, it was that, 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 that took his heart to, to, to where it went. But we're going to see this, that he does. He bombs. He goes down. And here's what I want. You know, I want to finish well. I, don't you? I want to finish well. I want, I want to walk with God, get to know God, and continue walking with God through my life. I really want to do that. But what I see in the scripture is I see people often veering away from where they first started in the scripture. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be you. I want to have a heart that's perfect before God because we're going to see how valuable that is as well. All right? Let's pray and then we'll begin. Father, would you bless us tonight, Lord? Oh, we love you. And Lord, we are assured that you are a great God and that you do, you do deliver your people and that you are uh, a God that takes care of and watches over his people. Now, blessed spirit of the living God, uh, would you help us to see that truth today, Lord, even if it's in a negative sense with Asa, and help us to understand, Lord, uh, Lord, that, <clears throat> that, that, that we can walk with you and know your blessing and know your hand and your power in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... First, sorry, Second Chronicles 16, verse 1. In the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Right. Now, so Basha is always fighting. Northern, the northern kingdom are always fighting against the southern kingdom. It's just, it's the way it goes, right? They're always fighting back and forth uh, over the time until the northern kingdom goes into uh, captivity. So Basha comes down and he sets himself up to... to, 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 to to, to, he creates a siege for Judah, so nobody can go in and nobody can go out. He's going to k- take control of the situation. And the problem with the siege is it goes on for a long time, and you have all kinds of problems that issue forth from it. And you, you would imagine in this situation that Asa would do what? He would do exactly what he did the first time. He would cry out to the Lord, Lord, help me. But he doesn't. That's not what he does this time around. This time around, he does something entirely different. And look what he does in, in, in verse 2. Then Asa brought out all the silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt in Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Basha, king of Israel, uh, that he may depart from thee. And Ben-Hadad answered, uh, unto King Asa, <clears throat> hearkened unto King Asa, and sent the captains of the armies against the cities of Israel, and they smote uh, Ion and Dan and Abel, Abel Maim and all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass, when Basha heard of it, he left off building Ramah and let his work cease. And Asa, the king, took all Judah, and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof, wherewith Basha was building, and he built there with Geba and Mizpah, right? So, okay, so what he does is he takes all the money out and he goes to Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, and he says, listen, my father had a league with you and you have now have a league with Basha. Break your league with Basha, restore the league with me and go fight against Basha. And you know what? Ben-Hadad says, hey, you know what? There's more money in this for me than there is in, in, in serving Basha. So he does just that. And it works. Because you know what happens? Basha uh, leaves off doing what he's doing, and <clears throat> Asa destroys his work. So it works. Now, by the way, you need to understand this, that because it works doesn't mean it's right. Okay, because we want to see that it's not right, that it, that it shouldn't have happened. He took the, 
gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord. He took the, uh, <clears throat> the gold from his own place and he gave it all to him uh, to get him to move off and to get him to, uh, to, to, to go against Basia so Basia would stop attacking him so the threat would, would, would leave. Now, here's the thing. It's a good plan because it works, right? It's a good plan. You know, it's effective uh, in the sense that it works, but it's not a plan that God is pleased with. And you see, here's the thing. If we're going to walk with God long term, the most important thing for us is, what does God think? Where is God in this? It's not a case of, does it work? It's a case of, where is God in this situation? And you know, that can be very far from our thinking. And oftentimes, I think that unless <clears throat> Hannah and I had come to tell Asa, he would have been going around congratulating himself, thinking, hey, well, great deal. I, I did that. You know what? I am a clever king. I, I worked it out. I think he probably would have even been thanking God for it. You know the way you do? <clears throat> You're thanking God for something even though uh, God wasn't involved in it because it went your way. I think, I think he would have been, but, but you know what? God was not pleased. And God sends Hannah and I to see him. Now, <clears throat> what was this here? This was a test. Okay, Asa, you called out to me and I blessed you. You've had 20 years of peace now, Asa. Let's see where you are right now. So God throws a test into his life. And the test is, as the test always is, will you trust me? Will you trust me, Asa? And you know what happens? Asa bombs the test. He doesn't think to trust the Lord. He's got money. He's got silver. He's got gold. He's got a way of buying help so he doesn't need God. You see, when he started off, he had no option. When he went out to face the Lubims and the Ethiopians, there was no hope for him. So he cried out to God. But, but now he's in a better place. And so what he does is he trusts the fact that he's in a better place than he was. You know, it can be really dangerous for us to be prospered and blessed. Somebody said that for every man that can bear <clears throat> prosperity, uh, there's a hundred uh, <clears throat> that can't. And it's true. You know, when we're blessed, we need to be very careful. When, when the days get to be easy days, comfortable days in our lives, we need to be very careful. You know, kind of good for you to have a little bit of trouble in your life. God uses trouble in our lives to keep us close to him. <clears throat> uh, Asa is in a blessed place, and God presents him with a test, and he fails. All right, so verse 7, And at that time Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria. Now catch that, relied. Right. <clears throat> now flip back over with me to... Um, <clears throat> Sorry, let me find it here for you. Verse 2 of chapter 15, right? <clears throat> and he went out to meet Asa, and he said unto him, Hear me now, Asa and Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. And <clears throat> so what they did was they relied upon the Lord. God took that as them seeking him, and God blessed them for it. But now you come to a place where Hananiah is saying to him, uh, <clears throat> Because that thou relied on the Lord, on, on the king of Syria, and hast not relied on the Lord, therefore the host of the king of Syria is escaped out of thine hand. So here's the thing. 
God was going to give him Syria as well. He could have won over Basha, but not only over Basha, but he could have won over Syria. Now, Syria was a mighty army, but now he's made a league with them, and he can't win against them, so he's lost out. Do you know that we always lose out when we don't rely on the Lord, when we don't depend upon God, when we don't trust in God, when we don't exercise faith? We always lose out. You see, uh, the Bible says that you have not because you ask not. Do you know know there are a whole lot of things in your life that you could have that you don't have if you don't rely upon the Lord? Not a terrible thought, isn't it? I remember remember seeing a picture somebody uh, painted of it, and it was uh, God showing somebody all the shelves and the things that were on them that they could have had if they had only relied on the Lord. Now, here's Asa feeling all happy in himself because you know what? It worked. Basha's gone. He pulled out. He's gone. He, 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 he um, had to go fight his battle, so, so, so he left it, and he went, and he's left it there. And the problem, though, for Asa is he hasn't relied upon the Lord. He's relied upon the king of Syria. He's depended upon him. Look at me at Jeremiah chapter 17. Keep your finger, because we're not finished there uh, in Chronicles. Jeremiah chapter 15. Jer- sorry, Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, uh, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Right? So the key issue here is trusting in the Lord. Look what not trusting in man. Look at verse 7. Blessed is the man that that trusted in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he come up, but her leaf shall be green and and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Now, what's he saying to you there? What's God saying to you there? God wants you to trust in him and not in man. Now, let's think it through for a second. That's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? You, you, you want to trust in God, not man. I mean, that makes a whole lot of sense. Now, why would you not want to trust in man? Well, because, you know, man can't always do what he wants, what he, what he even would like to do for you. God can always do it. And yet, there's something in us that makes it easy for, easier for us to trust in man than to trust in God. Now, how does that work out? You see, it all comes down to this place of control in our lives. We want to control things. You know, we, are, we are committed, uh, addicted to controlling things and to controlling our lives. And you know what? When, he, when it talks about you controlling a person or you controlling God, you know it's easier to control a person than it is to control God. It's easier for you to put the lean on a person. It's easier for you to go and knock on their door. It's easier for you to harass them. It's easier for you to go after somebody and make them do what you want to do than it is for you to go after God and make God do what you want them to do because you can't. So it's easier for us to go. So we're very liable to look to people and to depend upon people rather than depend upon God. It's just our nature. It's just the way we are. We will actually depend upon somebody to do it Because we can't depend upon God. You see, if you depend upon God, he might make you wait. In fact, he has in the past, hasn't he? He He's made you wait on things. 
If you depend upon God, uh, he, he might say no. He'll definitely make you wait. And he might say no. And, and you just can't be sure he will do what you want him to do when you want it done. So let's depend upon people. That's what Asa did. Now, just to kind of go back to our picture here, I'm sure that Asa had prayed about the situation. He was a godly man. I'm sure when Basha started building his siege uh, forts around him, uh, that, 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 that Asa was saying, you know what, Lord, I need your help in this. Lord, I need... I, I'm sure he had prayed about it. I'm sure he had sought the Lord about it, but the Lord didn't do anything. Basha's towers didn't fall down. And it probably went on for weeks and maybe months. That ever happened to you? You're asking God for something and it goes on for weeks and maybe months and maybe years. What's the temptation when it goes on for weeks and maybe months and maybe years? What's the temptation for you to do? Make it happen. Make it happen. And, 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 and here's really what you're saying. <clears throat> what you're saying is, okay, God, I'm going to give you a chance to do this for me. And if you do it, good. And if you don't do it, I have a plan B. I'll do it myself. Now listen, we can do that all the time. We come to God looking for God to do something, and if he doesn't come to the party, we'll find another way of doing it. And you see, if you'd you'd ask Asa, Asa, are you trusting the Lord? Asa said, of course I'm trusting the Lord. Why would I not trust the Lord? But he wasn't. He had his own plan going. You know, somebody maybe suggests, why don't we make a league with the, <clears throat> with the king of Syria? But Ben-Hadad, he'd, he'd listen. If we sent him some money, he would do this for us. And Asa probably said, well, that, that must be of the Lord. And he went with it. But he wasn't depending upon the Lord now. He was depending upon man. And God says you're blessed when you depend upon him. But he says you're cursed when you don't. You see, the whole exercise for Asa was he had trusted God. So God sent a man to tell him, listen, you have trusted me. You did well, and that's why I blessed you, Asa. Now keep on doing it, and I keep on blessing. But at this point in his life, Asa decides not to trust in the Lord, but to trust in the king of Syria, to trust in Ben-Hadad. And so he does it himself, and it works. That's the really confusing thing about it. It works. Because don't we sometimes say that, well, look, it's going really well. God must be in it. Now, it can work, but you fail the test. Because God wants you trusting in him. God wants you depending upon him. All right, let's read verse 7 again, and then we'll read verse 8. And at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God. Now, let me just say this about this verse too before we move on from... See the way he says, you've relied on the king of Syria and not relied upon God. A choice was made. Do you know that God calls that spiritual adultery? When we depend upon somebody else other than him. When we give our dependence, our trust to somebody else other than him. He sets up one against the other. You relied upon the king of Syria, and you did not rely upon the Lord. You made a choice. God wants you to depend upon him. You say, in what? In everything. You say, but you know what? I've got to work a job. <clears throat> yep, but you're depending upon the Lord. And here's the thing. You can get a nice job, and things will be going nice and comfortably for you, and God will give you a test to see if you're relying on him or you're relying on the job. 
And the test will be, okay, in the job, they want you to do something wrong, and you say, no, I can't do that. We're going to fire you if you don't. Well, it doesn't matter. I can't do that because God would be unhappy with that. That will show you who you're relying on. And you see, we've got all kinds of excuses and, uh, that we use for those things, but God wants me relying upon him. You see, of all the things I do, trusting God is the most important. Of all the things you do, trusting God is the most important. God's not awed by how wonderful we are and the great things we achieve for him. He's not. What he's awed by is when I trust him. When I depend upon him. When I put myself in his hands and say, Lord, I'm depending upon you. That's, that's, what, that's what God gets excited about. See, without faith it is impossible to please him, so with faith it is possible to please him. God wants me to trust in him. Okay, so <clears throat> verse 8. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. How did Asa win that first battle? By relying on the Lord. You say, but he used his sword too, because his men went after them, and they, uh, and they took the day, and they took a great spoil. Yeah, but you know what God says? God says, because you relied on me, I gave you the victory over a host that was far superior to your host, because you relied upon me, because you depended upon me. God wants you to depend upon him. God wants you to look to him and depend upon him. Now look at verse 9. Here's the verse that we're going after. Here's our perfect heart, right? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. And let's finish off the chapter, and then we're going to go back to verse 9, right? Uh, then, Amasa, uh, then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in prison house, for he was uh, in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people the same time. And behold, the acts of Asa, first and last, lo, they are written in the book of kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa, uh, in, the, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet, until his disease was exceeding great, yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. And they buried him in his own sepulcher, which he had made for himself in the city of David, and laid him on the bed, which was filled with sweet odors and diverse kinds of spices, prepared by the apothecaries, and they made a very great burning for him. Right? <clears throat> so what happened was, uh, after this, he got really mad with Hanani. By the way, it's hard being a prophet. Uh, to people that don't want to hear it. <clears throat> and I was a prophet to him. We find that happening to the prophets very often. The kings had the power to put them in prison if they didn't like what they were saying. So he hasn't put them pr- put in prison, right? And then it says in verse 12 that in the 39th year, he was diseased in his feet, but he never sought the Lord. Now that's really tells us a lot. Why would you not seek the Lord if you were diseased? What would hinder you from seeking the Lord? He was bent out of shape with God. When you're bent out of shape with God, you don't ask God for anything. <clears throat> when you're upset with God, you don't ask God for anything. And he, wouldn't, he refused to ask the Lord to heal him. So here's what we have. We have a man who walked greatly with God and then came to the place where he was bent out of shape with God and he wouldn't ask God for anything. So he's not walking with God at the end of his days. So he's got a great burning. <clears throat> he's got great odors on the bed he's put under. But you know what? It doesn't count for nothing. Because this man is no longer walking with God. He finishes badly. He finishes poorly. 
All right, now back to verse 9, because verse 9 is, uh, is for us, right? <clears throat> for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Do you think God's still doing that? Do you think God's eyes are going back and forth throughout the whole earth? They are. God watches everything. He sees everything. Nothing happens in our world, but God is involved in it. God's eyes are on all of it all the time. Nothing's ever a surprise to God. Nothing you do is ever a surprise to God. You don't have to go and tell God what you did. He knows. Because he's watching everything all the time. In fact, he's hunting for something. God's eyes are going back and forth throughout the whole earth looking for something. Looking for something, right? See what, see what it says that he's looking for. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. God wants to show himself strong. God is looking for somebody to show himself strong on the behalf of. Now, isn't that exciting? Now, what would it look like if God showed himself strong on your behalf? Well, listen, you know what? Anything could happen in your life if God showed himself strong in your life, couldn't he? God could do anything. Because, listen, he is unlimited in his power. There's nothing he can't do. There's no problem in your life today, doesn't matter how big, that God can't say, that's nothing, I can fix that. See, with God, all things are possible. So whatever your problem, whatever your difficulty is, God can fix it. I'm not saying he's going to. But if God is looking for somebody to show himself strong on their behalf, he can do absolutely anything in your life. Right? So, let, let me ask you the question again. We've got money going here, right? So you get your 5 million euros in this hand, and you've got the Lord who can do anything, who wants to show himself strong on your behalf. Which one do you want? Now, don't tell me both. I know. I, uh, which one do you want? Half and half. You can't have half and half. Do you want the five million that you can control or do you want the Lord to show himself strong on your behalf? Isn't, isn't that hard, isn't it? Because you know what? You could control the five million, couldn't it? You could put it in the bank and you could control it. And you couldn't control the Lord in the same way. But you know what? The Lord laughs at five million euros. He says, that's nothing. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I own the hills and I own everything under the ground as well. God says, what you need is you need me. So if you could win the lotto tonight, or you could come to the place where God would show himself strong on your behalf, you'd be better off taking the second one. You'd be better off taking the second one. And by the way, when God shows himself strong on your behalf, it would be good for you. The five million might not be as good for you as you think it would be. But when God shows himself strong on your behalf... That's going to be good for you. That's going to be blessing in your life. That's going to bring joy and peace and happiness. You know what? A lot of people have five million today and they don't have joy and peace and happiness. Because money can't buy those things. When God shows himself strong, it's better. So here's the, here's the thing, right? <clears throat> instead of you buying a lotto ticket, I know you wouldn't buy a lotto ticket anymore, right? But instead of you buying a lotto ticket, why don't you seek to be the person that God shows himself strong on their behalf. Doesn't that make, some, make sense, doesn't it? The chances of you winning the lottery are practically nil. 
Do you, do you realize that? <clears throat> that they're, they're, they're practically nil. You say, oh, no, I know somebody who won 100 euros. Yeah, they spent 500 over the years, but they won 100 euros. They, they didn't win. <clears throat> right? You know, the chances are you will lose. That has to be the way it works, because that's the way you get all the money together to, to, to give it to everybody. But if you could find a way of being in the place where God would show himself strong on your behalf, you'd have something better than a lot of win. You'd have something more important. You'd have something more valuable. Okay, now, so let's see what it says, right? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. God wants you to have a perfect heart. Now, in the context, what's a perfect heart? A perfect heart is a heart that relies upon God. A perfect heart is a heart that depends upon God. Now, some of you are saying, oh, but that's hard. Depending upon him is hard. Depending upon him is difficult. You know, depending upon him, you don't get uh, what you want when you want it, and you're not able to control it. Yeah, that's true. You see, here's what you find out about God, that when you rely upon him and depend upon him, he doesn't give you all you want. And he doesn't give you things in what you consider to be good time. But he always gives you what's best and at the right time. Always. See, remember, God's got a long-range view of your life. He looks at you living your life in uh, 2016 and he, and he can see your life uh, in the year 5,000, the year 50,000. He can, see, he can see your life and what's going to be happening in your life all the way down through eternity. And what God does today in your life, he does to impact all of that. So when he shows himself strong on your behalf, it's going to be good. It's going to be good in the here and now. It's going to be good all the way through. And you know what you need to do? You need to depend upon him. You need to Stop depending upon yourself. Stop depending upon people. Stop depending upon schemes. And just depend upon him. Just depend upon him. Give yourself to him. Lord, I'm yours. You take my life. And Lord, you do what you want to do. Because that's what's best. I'm depending upon you to work it out. I'm depending upon you to bring it to pass. I am relying on you, Lord. This week you're going to face problems and issues. You know what you're going to do with them? You're going to say, Lord, I'm relying upon you. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do in this situation. I I, I don't want to go to Ben Haydad. I don't want to bring the Syrians into the situation. You just show me what you want me to do, Lord. I want to do that. And you do what God wants you to do. And you rely upon him. You can expect those eyes that are going back and forth throughout the whole earth looking to show himself strong, to look on your life. And God's going to show himself strong on your, in your behalf. You see, here's the thing. God's looking for people to show himself strong on their behalf. This doesn't say you have to somehow twist God's arm to make him show himself strong on your behalf. God's already out there looking for somebody. All you've got to do is meet the requirement. 
And the requirement is that you rely upon him, that you depend upon him, that you do it his way. There will be tests. There will be times in your life when you can go your own way. There will be times in your life when you can actually make something else happen. There will be times in your life when you have the opportunity, when you have sufficient for yourself to trust something else and do something else. And God's going to watch. Those eyes that go back and forth throughout the whole earth are going to watch. He's going to look to see what choice are you going to make. That's, that's what he did with Asa. He built Asa's up life. He blessed Asa. He, Asa had money. Asa had riches. He had uh, all, the gold in the temple. He gave him all of that. And then God presented a test. Asa, you did so well in the first test. I'm going to give you another test here. And Asa's choice was, was he going to trust in the living God? Or was he going to trust in Ben-Hadad and ultimately himself and what he had? And Asa bombed the test. Asa sent the money to Ben-Hadad, worked for him. He got free of Basha, but he lost because God said, I'm not going to show myself strong on your behalf now, Asa. God said effectively, you know, Asa, you're on your own now. Do what you can do. And he's not a happy man, and he's going to die miserable, and he's going to die sick. Why? Because he didn't rely on God. You know what? It's not hard. God doesn't make it difficult. He does ask you to make a choice to choose him again and again and again and again. He's always asking you to choose him. He's always asking you, am I the most important? Not that he's insecure. Because he wants you to rely on him. He wants you to trust him. And when you trust him, when you rely on him, you know what God does? God says, great. And God will show himself strong on your behalf because he's looking for people that fill the requirements. You know, you could fill it and I could fill it and we could fill it for a lifetime if we would just trust in him and depend upon him. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, would you bless us, Lord? Lord, we love you. We know that you're the best. And we know that trusting in you, Lord, is always the right way to go. Lord, help us as a people, Lord. We want to be a people that trust in you, that depend upon you, Lord, that rely upon you so that you can show yourself strong in our behalf. Oh, Lord, help us to have that perfect heart, that perfect heart of trust and reliance upon you. And, Lord, may we each see your best in our lives. And, oh, Lord, I do pray... Lord, that we would not just do it for a while, but that, Lord, we would do it for life and that we would know your hand, your power, and your blessing all through our lives. Thank you, Lord. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.